Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the continuation of the season three premiere of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. It's your guy, Bully Rye, back at it again. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thanks for making me part of your day, presented by Anchor Podcasts. Uh, social media, you can find the show on Facebook at Tap Outs and Touchdowns, on Twitter at Tap Outs and TDs, and the email for the show is always touchdowns at gmail.com. I want everybody to give a warm welcome again to Tap Outs and Touchdowns wrestling correspondent, PJ Steven, joining us to go over some uh, go over some WrestleMania review. PJ, how's how's everything going? How has your week post WrestleMania been? It's pretty good. Uh, it's a good uh, it's a good week. Uh, I've had a great weekend. Post WrestleMania was great. Uh, I really enjoyed WrestleMania. Um, I look forward to talking about it with you. I've been looking forward to, the, uh, to this for a while. Uh, I had so much fun with our NXT um, uh, takeover. What was it? Stand and deliver pay-per-view talk. So now I'm really looking forward to WrestleMania because you and I, you know, we were talking back and forth, but we didn't want to talk a whole lot because we didn't want to ruin for content for the show. But we both have a lot to say, and I'm looking forward to getting right into it. But to answer your question, I've had a good week. It's been a good one. That's, that's great, man. Same here. Uh, WrestleMania has come and gone. We went through the introductions on the official season three premiere. So let's drive right into it. WrestleMania 2021 in the books resonated from Tampa, uh, Tampa, Florida, which is where it was supposed to resonate from last year. There were 25,000 in attendance, I believe. Yes, it was very nice to see fans back in the stands for a WWE event that were not on TV monitors. Um, and once again, the show was so big, they had to go to two nights. And so without further ado, we're going to go straight into night one, which was Saturday night. The opener for the show, believe it or not, was the WWE championship match between Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. PJ, how'd you feel about this match? Uh, what kind of rating did you give it? And, uh, and, and what kind of notes did you take on this match? So I got to say, I'm looking at my laptop now. I think uh, I like when they do WWE title matches like to start it off. I think that's cool. Uh, this match was great. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. We, we clocked it at 18 minutes and 20 seconds. They got plenty of time here for the opening contest. Um, I would have given it a higher rating if uh, the finish would have been a little bit better. I didn't like the slack ass MVP um, distraction because he basically get, did the, you know, the jackass like from happy Gilmore. yeah hey like, look at me <laughs> hey i'm over here and drew like what oh wait a minute and, yeah. then, and then you know of course we get the um of course we get the full nelson uh and then it's a technical submission i guess but he like passed out i remember michael colson like he did not tap he passed out but that's still a submission whatever um bobby lashley's your winner i think bobby lashley is a great champion i didn't you know i get didn't get mad for him winning i got mad of how he won the the distraction was lame it should have been like if you wanted to keep bobby lashley strong and tap out drew mcintyre give him a dominator and then give him the full nelson game over uh but the match was good though i really did enjoy the match yeah i uh, i sort of missed the dominator as a finisher uh Agreed. obviously made famous by ron simmons when he first came in as farouk um, and I thought it was a really good finisher for, uh, someone as powerful as Bobby Lashley. I'm with you. And I never would have imagined like the, uh, the happy Gilmore, uh, 
analogy. Uh, but oh my that's god, exactly that's what it was like. Just, yeah, <laughs> it's bro, like you. What? Oh, you, wait. You will not hit this claymore, you jackass. That's exactly. Yeah, that's basically what it was. Um, yeah. If he would have grabbed his leg or something, way more believable. Like, fine. yeah, yeah. No, not to mention. So I so I wrote some notes. Some notes down. There were some. Uh, there were some nice spots in the match. Uh, there was a dive by Drew McIntyre, a la the Undertaker, where he just took um, like a, a, yeah. a nice dive over the top rope, landed it beautifully. Both MVP and Lashley were there to catch him. A great spot. I think. Uh, I think the reason I didn't give this higher a higher rating myself um, was that I, I felt like a lot of what these guys were doing wasn't meant for guys their size. They were. Yeah. They were too big to be doing some of the spots that they were trying to do. And I think some of the quality of the match, uh, you know, it showed. Um, there was a spot in the match where Drew McIntyre hit a, uh, his, his future shot DDT yeah. and rolled it, hit it a few more times. I thought that was really, really unique and clever. I didn't like that. Um, I think it, it could have sufficed as a finish, but with this, True heavyweight title match. I think it was nice to see them let the match continue to go. Um, you know, I, I, I wrote down in my notes, it was definitely nice to see a competitive match for the world title between two full-time wrestlers for WWE. And that wasn't part-timers. Yeah, you, you know how I feel. And that's that's a really good point. Like, yeah. there were not any part-timers on this on this card. I'm just re-looking at it now. The closest one is maybe Shane. And I guess Bad Bunny, but Bad Bunny's just celebrity, so yeah, count. yeah, we'll um, get in. Yeah, we'll, we'll get just time. So yeah, we'll get into it for sure. Um, but it was it was definitely. I mean, if you think the last few world title matches last year, we had, if I'm not mistaken, two part timers in Goldberg and Lesnar, both lost titles at WrestleMania last year. So it was nice yeah, to right. see. It was nice to see this competitive matchup between two full timers. I gave this match three and a half stars again. Weak finish with the whole, hey, hey, look at me, look over here, look at me, I'm, I'm, I'm over here now. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then again, some of the spots they were trying to do was just not, uh, you know, not intended for guys of their size. But again, good match for these two. I, I'm really glad. Again, I liked the idea. I know you said that you didn't like the idea. I understand the concept behind not making Drew McIntyre tap out to the hurt lock. Um, but, you know, again, I, I see, I can see your perspective, but obviously they want to protect McIntyre so that he can come back later on and re-challenge for the title. Um, right. So that was your opener. It was a pretty strong opener, uh, which uh, if, if you've, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to check out Chris Jericho on Stone Cold's podcast on I'm now Peacock. Um, the, uh, he made a, he made a comment or he, he was mentioning one of the reasons why he left WWE was that his, I think his last WrestleMania, he was second on the card and he didn't yeah. feel like that was, that was the right spot for him. He said, put me on first, put me on last. I don't care. But second was sort of a slap in the face because that first match of any pay-per-view really likes to set a tone for the rest of the show. And this match between Lashley, uh, Lashley and McIntyre did just that. Uh, which leads us right into quite possibly the worst match on night two. And that was the women's. And it's ironically the second match of the card. Absolutely. So let's get into it. I'm going to start us off here. The women's tag team gauntlet match for a shot on night two at the women's tag team championship. I gave this match two and a half stars and I'm, I feel like I may have been too gracious. Uh, you know, there was, there was talk about uh, some of the, the push for Lana 
they've done a lot to try to make her a, a rock star baby face. Um, and the, she was the first one in, in the match and the first one out. So much for her push. Uh, she's honestly like, and this is, I don't, I don't mean to sound misogynistic or, or, you know, whatever you want to call it. She's, she's really nice to look at, but she's so bad in the ring. And, you know, I, I noticed they had Naomi take the pin instead of Lana, um, which yeah, that was weird. Yeah, it didn't make sense. So, uh, you know, at that point in the match, it wasn't great. Um, everybody looked, you know, relatively green in this match. Um, the riot squad came in, um, they had some fun spots. Um, it, I also, I also wrote down, do they just drop Carmela's gimmick? Like she came in as like this, like classy, sophisticated, uh, you know, woman. And all of a sudden, like she gets written off TV and she comes back and she's moonwalking again. It just didn't make sense to me. Um, and then you team her up with Billy Kay, who, you know, if you're listening to this, the show by now, the news is broken. Billy Kay's no longer with the company. Um, nevertheless, again, I, I mentioned there were some fun spots, even though most of the work was, it seemed sloppy. Like they didn't, you know, they weren't comfortable that double team with the riot squad. Uh, I, I, she basically like gave her like a, a rib breaker when she laid, uh, uh, who was it? Billy Kay across her knees. And then, uh, why can't I say Liv Morgan Joe dove off the top board, uh, top top rope and hit the senton? I thought it was a really good, really cool spot. Um, botch of the night nominee. I'm sure you'll get to it. The uh, <laughs> the, the Mandy Rose slip on the ramp. Yeah. Um, I guess we should have mentioned Dana just kept going too. She was like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you're good. I guess we should have mentioned that the show. I guess the botch of the night should have started with the the start of the show. That as soon as they went live, they went into a weather delay. Yeah, um, for like. Pretty minutes. Yeah, so that contributed to, to Mandy Rose's uh, slip. Um, I also wrote down something something as minute as we're just going to ignore that Mandy Rose went from having really short blonde hair to having really long blonde locks all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, also sort of uh, was funny because it was even – I wouldn't even say it was mentioned, but it was the attention was drawn to it because even Cole mistakenly called uh, Rose Dana. Um, yeah in the match um you know again i don't want to get too far into the match because the match was just it was just so subpar dana brooke looks a lot better in the ring than she used to um i i I wanted to make a point of that um she used to be just as bad as billy Kay and and lana in the ring seems to be a lot looking a lot better um I call them the blonde squad, Mandy Rose and, and Dana Brooke. There was a lot of really good action between them and Riot Squad, despite everything else. Uh, to culminate, I think Tamina, it, first of all, it was really surprising to see her so over with the crowd. Yeah, because it was. It, to be in the business this long, she is just so still so bad in the ring. And, um, and you know, I, I really don't know how to explain it other than that. Um, the, the riot squad to me looked like the best team in that match, despite, uh, them not looking great. Well, they had um, two eliminations. I mean, they took out, they, they took out right squad, took out Billy King, Carmella, and then they took out Dana Brooke and Manny Rose. So, I mean, like they had, they had the most eliminations, so they looked the strongest and then here yep. comes Tamina, you know? Yeah. And, and not to mention, so what also struck me as weird was that you had them put over this seemingly new double team finish that I mentioned earlier, and then you immediately in the same match don't protect it because they hit the exact same finish on, I can't remember whether it was Tina or or Tamina or Natalia, 
and they they let him kick out of it. So yeah, a, a lot of stuff again. Obviously, a filler match more more than likely to me the worst match on night one. Uh, what say you? I I probably went too much in depth into it and not didn't give you a whole lot, but. Uh, yeah, this match did not deserve many words. I'm just going to leave it as this. Uh, it was a piss break match, and that was the time. That match was the time that I went and started growing my stakes. Yep, uh, take and it. About halfway through, I was like, yep, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Great talent, just not – not uh, great talent all around, but just not um, not their night, and it just wasn't what it wasn't very good. Also – Genuinely surprised to see them put Tamina and Natalia over when you can build on some some new tag teams that you can build off of in the women's division on the main roster. Um, but nevertheless, that 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 brings us to uh, what could have been the best match on the card. One of my spoiler alert, three five star rated matches, and that is the the, the next match on the card. Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. I'm going to let you start us off on here so that I don't monopolize the time. How did you feel about this match? Uh, what did you take uh, from Seth Rollins and Cesaro getting his first big singles push on WrestleMania? So the buildup to this match was fantastic. I just like matches where it's like one guy wants to be better than the other guy. Like it, there's no bullshit like you cheated on my wife or – you know, there's your, you, um, you, you, you beat me in checkers. Now I have to fight you in the ring. Like it's some fucking Gaga like that. This is just literally Seth Rollins thinks he's the best. And Cesaro says, no, you're not. And I love storylines like that because they're fucking simple and they're the easiest ways to make great ring psychology. So this match was fantastic. And I know it was around the swing, you know, Seth Rollins, I don't want to be swung again. I, I've been humiliated, you know, like that's amazing. Um, I don't, I, I, I wrote in my notes, I don't think I'll ever get tired of seeing Cesaro do a swing. I thought I would get sick of it. Like, it's still really funny to me. Uh, the, the, the fireman carry swing was hilarious. Uh, it was a great match. It is the closest match. Well, one of the closest matches to uh, five stars you can get in, on both nights. And um, I love Cesaro getting the win. That was fantastic. He deserves it. Uh, that man deserves the belt. He is one of the best talents in the business right now. And no one hardly even no one even really knows his name. I love Cesaro when he was with fucking Jack Swagger, uh, the real American, with Dub Coulter throwing out hate speech every night. I was uh, loving Cesaro when he was with the Bar. I was loving Cesaro in PWG. I mean, like he's such a good wrestler, and it was good to see him get a WrestleMania win. So here's to him. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I uh, people might forget that his tag team with. Uh with Tyson Kidd because it was cut short with Tyson Kidd's That's injury. Right. You're absolutely right. Yep. Tyson and, Kidd. Cause I remember that he, he basically took the sharpshooter from Tyson Kidd as like an homage to Tyson. Uh, when, when Tyson's career was abruptly cut short. Um, I'm right there with you. There went, there, there was some, again, really good action. This is a, a must see match, especially if you're a fan of Cesaro. Um, I, first thing I wrote down is I couldn't, could not believe they let him use the buckle bomb that injured yeah. Finn Balor and ended Sting's technical in-ring career. Um, I could not deny the talent between these two. Uh, nobody better 
to get Cesaro over on a mania card than Seth Rollins. As much as I don't like him as a person, which we can speak about another time, um, he is a, he is one of the best in-ring workers in the world. So for him to be the guy to put Cesaro over uh, was, was, was great. I love the storytelling They're, they did in this match. Uh, the, the, like you said, they mentioned, you know, the, the storyline was built around the swing and Seth's uh, embarrassment and humiliation behind it. And so, you know, I loved watching him try to hit the swing and Seth, Seth, you know, counter it and reject it so many times. Um, you mentioned the, the fireman carry airplane spin. God, that's one of my spot of the night nominees. Yeah. I mean, when he, when he put his hands on his hips and just kept oh, spinning, yeah. dude, it was so, it was so like, just, it was something like, you know, somewhat comical, but it was still like, you try to put someone on basically like you're basically setting somebody on your, on your neck, on your trap, like you're, you know, a squat bar and you're just spinning around in the circles. It was nuts. Um, so, uh, again, um, the right guy got the one here. You're absolutely right. It's uh, it was a great match. Definitely a must see match from night one. I'm gonna let you start us off with the next match too. uh, moving right along here. The raw tag team championship match came, uh, followed, this uh, pushing five-star match. Uh, we get the New Day versus AJ Styles. And I'm going to butcher the name again. I want to say they, they, they pronounce his name Almas. But is it Omas? Is it Omas? Oh, my God. I'm going to have to look up the phonetic spelling of this thing. I'm pretty is sure that, it's o- – I, I thought it was said Omos, but maybe you're – maybe you're um, God. And, and especially doing a wrestling podcast, anybody listening to this, like, oh, my God, Frick, get it together. Um I think Aren't you the wrestling coordinator, motherfucker? How do you not know how to say his name? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's Omos. I'm pretty sure it's Omos. Anyway, I think you're right. It's 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 uh, Omos. Yeah. So so PJ, how'd you feel about this Raw Tag Team Title match? We get a, another title change here. Uh, how did you feel about the the Raw Tag Team Title match? So <laughs> I gotta say, like like uh, Omos did a did a decent job in the ring when he finally got into the ring because you got to remember like he debuted like well he started with the company in 2018 he debuted as one of the big ninjas with Akira Dozawa's like little thing I totally he forgot was, about that yeah I tried to and then he um, and then of course he was on this the underground thing with with uh, Shane and all that but then he comes in as AJ's bodyguard I didn't mind the match uh, I had a hard time believing and resonating with the fact that new day was just teaming up on AJ styles and just like really keeping him from getting that tag. And now you're AJ's reaching, he's selling it. And, and like, and Omos is just kind of like, Hey, tag me. He's like, not even got his, he's not even like really stretching. He's just like my hands out. See, you know? I, I feel like if he stretched out, he would go halfway across the rig. Well, damn right. I yeah. mean, that, that's what they get. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And it, it, the fact that it just took like, uh, the, I guess the fact that AJ couldn't, couldn't um, battle out of battle out of Kofi and Xavier, but then it just took like Omos in there to just like take them out in a matter of like 30 seconds. And I get, we're trying to portray him as the giant that clears out the ring and gets AJ the win, but it's like, come on, man, AJ Styles, I mean, former IWGP heavyweight, like intercontinental champion, this man like has been through like one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. And like, I, I just, that was a little hard to watch. Um, but 
the match was good though, and I was mad that Kofi, I, I was mad that New Day lost the belts because I wanted them to hold on for just a bit longer. But they've had the belts enough, so it's good to have AJ and um, Omos. Omos, excuse me, yeah. uh, get a belt. So, I mean, like, he's got a belt, and now AJ has had almost every single belt in WWE so far, besides what, what the Intercontinental belt, right? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's missing, he's missing obviously the SmackDown, SmackDown tag titles, but yeah, his, yeah. his tag team championship gave him essentially the triple crown, and now he's looking yeah. for the, uh, the Grand Slam championship if he can ever get the Intercontinental title. Um, I'm with you. I see as much as, as hard as it was for you to watch, I loved watching the um, the story the 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 isolation tag work from the New Day because when they were heels, they did a really good job. I loved what they called the unicorn stop. I love that they brought that back because they haven't yeah. done that in a minute. I also loved how they let Big E come out with them uh, to start the match and get a yeah. little New Day reunion because those guys genuinely love each other. So that was nice. That was a nice little feel good moment. Um, I'm with you as far as like Omos could have tagged in seemingly any time if he would just lean uh instead of standing there like the great Kali. yeah just put yeah just put some effort like hey i you know give it a little lean um but god it felt like he was playing with action figures in the ring like he was just he was a a, a man among boys when he yeah. joined the, when he got in that ring so i again the, the storyline like the the giant to come clear out the ring um you know, I hated to see it happen to Kofi Kingston as much as you hated to see it happen to AJ. I hated to see Kofi get tossed around by this relatively, you know, newcomer um, when Kofi himself is a former world champion and obviously multi-time tag team champion. And with all of his WWE accolades, it was it was it was difficult for me to watch him just get annihilated by, a, like I said, a relatively newcomer. Um, I did mention, uh, first of all, I gave the match three and a half stars. I, I, I did make a mention of it in, in pay-per-views like this. You run into those matches that serve, uh, that should serve to be fillers in between these high velocity, high impact, high energy matches. Uh, this felt like it should have been one of those matches. Um, yeah. But it was, but I was drawn in the entire time. Um, you know, it wasn't the greatest match on the card, but. Whereas the, the the women's tag title or the women's tag match, I should say, uh, was a, a crappy filler in between Cesaro and Lashley. Opening, yeah. This was not a. This was this was in the spot of a of a filler match with the with the match that was coming up next, um, but it did not feel like that whatsoever. I will uh, say that it had one of the best spots of night one, in my opinion, and that was AJ doing the phenomenal forearm off his shoulders that was tremendous yeah that, that was, was tremendous and like and there's a cool spot in that too where like um uh, omos like after the spot is done he just has this big smile on his face and like i'm like ah oh, that's what it's all about i mean like good for him like you had a lot of talent in there and i think um i think it really uh it really came through sucks new day lost but at the end of the day like we got new champs so i dig it Yep, and I'm and I, honestly, before I guess before we move on, I, I think we mentioned we may have spoken about this before, or I'm, I may have spoken to someone else about it. I get the uh, the AJ Styles Omos. I, I I compare it to the Shawn Michaels Diesel or the Shawn Michaels Psycho Sid pairing, right? Yeah, and the New Generation era where you've got this guy who's got all the talent in the world, um, you know, a smaller guy, very athletic with a giant. Uh, so I, I love the the sort of 
the potential to build that into a breakup where all of a sudden Omos comes out and creates, you know, he, he creates his own jackknife power bomb and turns on AJ and AJ stays the heel and Omos is all of a sudden a guy who can compete with Braun Strowman and, yeah. and uh, Drew McIntyre, that sort of thing. So it's going to um, be that thing where like, you know, AJ's like, you, you idiot, you made us lose the belts. And like, he's slapping them. And then you realize like, oh, like, Omos realizes, like, oh, my God, I can fucking break this guy like a toothpick. Like, let me – and the crowd is going to pop so hard. Uh, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. So, yeah. I'm I can literally think. take one step and squash this guy, like, literally yeah. literally and figuratively. So, yeah. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Obviously, you're going to have some time with them as a tag team and with the belts, but uh, we'll, we'll see how where it goes. Next on the card uh, is your is your part-timer, so to speak, uh, match and that's Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman in the steel cage. Surprising, I, you know, I, I, I was surprising. Let me let me rephrase because you know it's easy for me to say. I was pleasantly surprised at how good this match was. I loved yeah. how they started off the match with interference because there's no way Shane was going to be able to beat Braun on his own. Obviously, never. Um, the uh, you know, I love the uh, the spot with the sheet metal that, that he hit him with. Uh, I mean, they had to hit him with a steel chair, like everything they could to give him a chance against Strowman. Um, God, something that everybody talked about, the spot that we'll get to in a second, but there was a, sp- a spot in the match where Strowman took a flat back bump off the top rope. I mean, yeah. for, a, for a guy his size, that's really like not just, you know, impressive, but scary. I mean, the dude's 300 plus pounds. Um, or, or at least close to 300. I don't know what his exact weight is, but I mean, obviously he's a monster. Um, the, uh, I love the spot where Shane was on his way out of the ring and Strowman ripped the cage open. Yeah, that was terrific. Shane, that was really cool. Um, and then obviously uh, the spot of the night where uh, Strowman gets up to the ring and he said, I told you not to call me stupid and throws him off Shane is way too old to be taking those those uh bumps uh but he did it like a champ um really good spot I think it was the perfect finish for this match I I understand trying to make Shane a heel I thought the whole bullying a giant like that storyline was yeah. was relatively dumb the, the uh, build up to this match and why this match happened was real was super dumb didn't make any sense no one, no one in the right mind of, you know, an almost 50 year old man isn't going to like call this like late twenties, early thirties, like big monster. Like you're probably stupid, dude. Like, it's just, it didn't make any sense why. I mean, if you wanted to do that, like you could have booked it a thousand different ways. Instead, you just kind of, it was a very lazy way to get Shane over as a heel. Uh, but there was it was it was out of nowhere. It was just all of a sudden like Shane came on the on the on the scene and started calling Braun stupid. And Braun's like, I was called stupid all my life. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take it out on you, Shane McMahon. And it just again, it was if they had actually taken the time to build it where maybe Braun had done something stupid or had like, you know, made some some dumb mistakes throughout like some matches or whatnot that Shane could have used like, Oh no, this is, this is why you're dumb. Instead of just calling him stupid for, 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 you know, the sake of it. Um, nevertheless, really good match. How'd you feel about the match, BJ? I really did enjoy the match. Uh, I'm going back real quick. I'm just remembering something. Uh, 
Uh, AJ Styles did win the Intercontinental title, and I forgot about it. So he is a Grand Slam champion. Okay, I stand corrected. So he and I forgot about it. So it was so me too. Uh, I forgot it. He um, uh, that he so he's got the tag team belts, obviously. He had the obviously the uh, the WWE champion or universe or he yeah, was the WWE, WWE champion. And I know he's the United uh, yeah, States champion. Sammy, Sammy was not wrestling uh, because of the pandemic, and AJ that's AJ right each other for the finals of that tournament. So my, I do we stand corrected, uh, folks, that AJ Styles is indeed a Grand Slam champion. He's actually the twenty second Grand Slam champion, which makes him, I think. One of the only Grand Slam champions in history that is under a few promotions. So not one of the only, but um, a very That's right. because he because obviously total nonstop action. I mean, excuse me, TNA. Uh, TNA is Grand Slam champion, and that being an exhibition uh, world champion tag. Uh, I mean, and now you have the Grand Slam in WWE. So that's tremendous. So. Um, for the guys that were sitting at home just waiting to comment, like, no, motherfucker, he won the Intercontinental Champion. We've corrected ourselves, so eat my balls. Thank you. For- uh, <laughs> Thank you for that. The, the match, the <laughs> ma- going back, going back, uh, I hated the spot where McMahon, uh, Shane pulls out the toolbox from the top of the bag. I hated that. That made no sense to me. Um, everything else is fantastic. I love classic cage matches where you have to escape to win or get the pick. You know, there's no gaga. It's just you got to fucking escape or you have to get the pinfall. Shane obviously wasn't getting the pinfall. Shane had to escape. I love those classic cage matches. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a good match. Right on. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, maybe not a must see, but the spot is typical of Shane McMahon. Uh, Strowman obviously gets the win. Uh, a pretty good match. Just, you know, I gave it four stars, whereas I gave Seth and Cesaro five. So not far off from being a decent match. Uh, PJ, I'm going to let you start us off with the next match on the card. It's the penultimate episode from night one, and it features Miz and Morrison versus, uh, here we go with our first celebrity uh, showing of WrestleMania, Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. You liked this match a lot more than I did. I'm going to let you start us off and, and tell us how you felt about this match and, and you know, go from here. So I loved, I, I really did enjoy the match. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get all the, the bad bunny hate at the very beginning was like, why is this guy having a match at WrestleMania? You know, doesn't make any sense, blah, blah, blah. And it just goes, you know, like how many other celebrities have had rest- wrestling matches like in WrestleMania? It, like, it, this isn't anything new. I mean, LT, the football player had a main event match uh, against Bam and Mikla at WrestleMania. What? 11? Was it nine? I, I can't remember. It wasn't 10. I know, but anyway, I think it was 11. I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong, but let me fact check that as I'm talking. But, um, like, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not a fan of his music. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, it's not one of the things, like, um, you know, I listen to. But it doesn't matter because, like, he, he trained. He put on a good show. Uh, I did like the um, – it is WrestleMania 11. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> got him. So, I loved – also, what I really loved this match as well is Damian Priest. Not, not, but a year and a half ago, we were watching Damian Priest here in Charleston, just like run into the ring and do run-ins. And then he's doing main event matches at TakeOvers. And then he's wrestling for belts. And now he's on WrestleMania, like second to the main event on night one. I mean, like, he's a hell of a talent. And it was random putting him with Bad Bunny. I don't, I, I must have missed the storyline of why he was put together with him. Maybe Damian was just a fan. 
like you know they just story. they and just made him like the cool guy that was hanging out with the with the music yeah. star that's basically all it was i wasn't big into um <laughs> into damian priest snm uh vest that he came out with although i do want to buy one for me to have on stage next time um uh, i will say that miz and morrison like good on them for putting over this talent uh bad bunny i don't know you're going to talk about this uh, but bad bunny performing that cross body on miz and morrison great spot but show me another celebrity that's doing a, a fucking Canadian destroyer on the outside of the ring. Hell yeah. And I know that that spot is mostly Morrison. It's mostly whoever you're doing it to no argument, but um, yes, that money could have had some more selling. He could have done, I think between being, you know, nervous and having, you know, jitters about being at fucking WrestleMania because he's a fan, you know, maybe he could have, by the way, his entrance was incredible. Um, but Maybe he could have, you know, been a little bit better at selling. Um, but Bad Bunny got the pin on Miz to win. Uh, incredible. Um, that match clocked in. Um, excuse me. That match clocked in at uh, 15 minutes and five seconds. So, again, they got plenty of time. Uh, the ending spot with the um, the electric chair and the crossbody combination between Damian Priest and, and uh, Bad Bunny, it was tremendous. I really, really enjoyed it. I probably gave it a higher rating than it needed it, but I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Yeah, you gave your piss break opportunity for night one at the, the women's tag match. This was my piss break opportunity. Um, I, I, I wrote – I'm just going to read the notes verbatim as to how I've got them. Kudos to Miz for selling so well for Bad Bunny. Uh, I didn't think Bad Bunny – again, I, I know the, the, the concept of celebrities at WrestleMania. I mean, you've had, you mentioned Lawrence Taylor – um, one that comes to mind is Floyd Mayweather. Uh, I, I still yeah. felt like the, 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 the sumo guy who wrestled big show at WrestleMania. What was that? 23. I mean, yeah, like, not not, I want to say Yokozuna, but that's also, you know, <laughs> that's not right. Clearly. Um, but I just, I didn't feel like, uh, bunny had a, had a, had any business being in the ring. I didn't think he could take a punch. I didn't think he could take a move. I just, he wasn't prepared to sell. Um, obviously that's expected when you have a celebrity non-wrestler. Um, I th- felt like Bunny spent way too much time in the match, especially when he was having to sell because he wasn't, he wasn't selling well. Um, even with some of, I mean, you mentioned he had some really good offensive spots in this match. The, uh, the cross body, the Canadian destroyer on the outside, um, even with some of the uh, impressive looking offense. And, and I, I attribute that more to stellar selling from Miz and Morrison, it just it dragged it just to me it dragged and made me more disinterested in the match. Um, you mentioned Damian Priest. I really love Damian Priest. I think he Agreed. is a future star. I know it's it feels like WWE has so many of these really tall, athletic, big guys now. So I don't want to say they're going to become oversaturated, but you know how many times can you put you know big guys against small guys and, and have them lose? Nevertheless, um, I think he's a star. I can't wait. We think he can. Can't wait to see what he can do on the main roster. Granted, hopefully he doesn't get lost in the shuffle like a lot of NXT alum do. Uh, do. Uh, Keith Lee comes to mind. He got brought on, brought in, was given like a title match with Randy Orton, and we haven't seen him since. So um, yeah, that's lame because Keith Lee's a hell of a talent. And yeah, I mean, I miss hearing his theme. So, uh, so I will say I, I do agree with you that Damian Priest should have had a little bit more ring time. Maybe Bad Bunny got a little bit too much, but um, to me, he's still like. He still impressed me. He didn't impress you like at all. Like there were some spots that like you were impressed with, but like not really at all. Overall, you weren't you weren't that impressed. 
I mean, for a celebrity, sure. Uh, I, I think, again, it's it's kind of like when you're, if you're a kid, like in your backyard wrestling, like let's say you're, you know, 12, 13 years old and you're on your buddy's trampoline. All you guys are going to do is hit finishers on each other. Like you're going <laughs> to hit the rock bottom. You're going to pin. Then you're going to kick out. You're going to like pretend to whip them, you know, to the imaginary ropes hit a clothesline, somebody's going to jump off the trampoline to like the, the jungle gym that's right next to it and jump off the top of it. Uh, you're going to hit, it's going to be doing nothing but a bunch of finishers. So obviously as anybody who is, has never been in a ring before and I could be completely off base, I don't think we're going to have any celebrities listening to this pay-per-view right off the bat or any, any wrestlers listening to this, to this podcast, I should say, uh, to correct me. Um, but it should be easier to hit offensive moves instead of sell. So while I was while genuinely impressed, I think obviously his WrestleMania moment diving off the top, you know, he's got to be caught in order for that move to look good. The Canadian yeah. destroyer, you mentioned Morrison did most of the work. Um, but I loved the reaction from Damian priest and Miz after he hit that move. Yeah, um, that was a great. sell. So again, like I, I, I attribute more of Bad Bunny looking good to who he was in the ring with um, and to what they set him up to do. You mentioned you liked Miz taking the pin. I didn't. Miz is a two-time WWE champion who was literally given the title to lose it a week later to Bobby Lashley. And I thought... Oh, well, well let, me, let me correct you for a second. I didn't, I didn't say that I liked him taking the pin. I was amazed that he took the pin. And I was like, you know, good on Miz for like, Putting yes. him over. Not, yeah. not like I'm glad Miz took the pin. I okay. was impressed. I was impressed that it was like the Miz put over Bad Bunny. He ate the pin. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, yes, Miz is a uh, multiple time world champion. You did have him beat Drew just to lose it to Bobby Lashley. It's silly. Like I no argument there. But I was impressed that the Miz, you know, yeah, it's one of those things like the Miz is I've got my TV show. I've got my movies. I've got this like, bro, it's, you know, I mean, he's 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 borderline. Um, I mean, he's borderline just putting over talent anyway. At this point, I will say this. This might stab you a little bit. I enjoy Bad Bunny's. Bad Bunny's uh, ring presence and his uh, his besides his selling, but uh, his his ring moves. And that match, to me, was better than Ronda Rousey's entire WWE career. Uh, maybe we'll do a pay-per-view where Ronda Rousey is featured so that we can have that discussion. Because I'd love to. I like Ronda Rousey. Um, I, I like her. She's a great person, probably. Every single match she was in. I'll never forgive her for botching up the fucking main event of WrestleMania 35 uh, and just fucking it up. And I can't stand Ronda Rousey. Um, but, oh yeah, that's right. She did box. Yeah, we were there for that too. Yeah, yeah, we were Ryan, and I was like, "What? Like, what happened?" Anyway, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Get into that. No, I, no. I, so I, yeah, I bad bunny. I was like, man, this this offense is what. And I get like Ronda became a full timer, so she was a celebrity for like a second, and then she became a full timer. No argument. But like, I enjoyed Bad Bunny's wrestling prowess. Prowess is what I was trying to say. His wrestling prowess, uh, as little as it was. I enjoyed it better than what I've seen uh, a few years of other celebrities coming in. Yeah. Again, comparatively speaking, like he was, it was, it was, he was at least entertaining to watch. Uh, I'll say that, but I think what it's all about, unfortunately. Yeah. Good on Miz for allowing and not fighting back to eating the pin. Again, we don't know the behind the scenes to it. 
right. I, I thought it was a, I thought I did a disservice to him, especially if he's ever going to be a believable in the future. Like he's always going to have that hung over his head. You got pinned by Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. This is a guy who beat John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, but you could say that about anything. I mean, like Jim Ross got a pinfall victory over Triple H. Yeah, you, but you can say that about anything. Part of being a mark, and that's that's you know, we'll just say that's what we are. Part of being a mark is to being able to believe and rationalize some of this stuff as being real, even though we know it's all predetermined and all that stuff. So when you have Miz trying to compete for a singles championship, if he ever does again, it's not to me. It's 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 almost taking some of the luster off of him because he ate a pin from Bad Bunny. Anyway, uh, again, um, again, not a my piss break opportunity again, not yours. Um, I guess you'd have to watch it to to decide for yourself. Uh, but nevertheless, it, it did a good job of leading us up to the main event of night one, which, which is something that I'm sure everybody wants to hear us talk about. Uh, quite frankly, could have been the best match of both shows, and it was the SmackDown's Women's Championship, uh, Sasha Banks defending against Bianca Belair. PG, I'm going to let you start us off here, too. What, do, what did you think about the match? I gave it five stars. I know you – I want to say you gave it four and a half. I gave it four um, and a half. It, it was tremendous. It, the EST of WrestleMania um, was this match. Uh, it was tremendous. Uh, this was my favorite match of both nights, and I know we'll get into it. You know, this was by far the best match of night one. Cesaro and Seth Rollins close second, but, I mean, like, this match was ridiculous. The emotion of the very beginning of the match. This is the first match we have two, you know, African-American, like, black wrestlers Um you know, I'm not going to call them women wrestlers. I'm going to call them wrestlers. They are wrestlers. They're workers. This is the first time we had two black wrestlers in the main event of a WrestleMania. I mean, it was tremendous. And their emotion was just insane. They couldn't even control it. They they quickly had to, like, buck up and realize that, like, oh, shit, we have to sell. We have to, you know. And the match was just tremendous. So many great spots. It told an amazing story. Um, the spot with Bianca holding Sasha above her head, walking up the stairs. What are you doing? This is amazing. Um, hitting the 450, getting the knees and you get the, you get the bank statement. I'm like, Oh my God, no way. She's tapping. Um, they, you know, people give the, the hair slap or the hair whip a, a, sh a shit. And I'm like, dude, whatever, man, that is, I love it. It's tremendous. Uh, it's a, it's, it's awesome. Uh, the kiss of death, great finisher, and it's a finisher. There wasn't a fault finish. She hit it. It was done. You have a new uh, uh, women's champion, and that was a SmackDown women's champion. Uh, they, they got 17 minutes, 15 seconds. They got a, a terrific amount of time, the perfect amount of time. Um, if this match, I mean, this match was tremendous. I mean, it just, it just really was. I loved it. It could no, quite possibly. I can't, I, can't say more, I can't say enough good things about it. It could quite possibly be the best women's match of the last decade. And we've got to think the last decade, we had some NXT takeover matches with Becky and Bailey and Sasha. Yeah, and Charlotte. Um, yeah. So you know. this match, you know, you said a lot of things that I wrote down. Um, I love the touching moment where they both kind of went into tears in the main event and then like all of a sudden snapped into it. Like, we got to, we got to go. Like, this is a match now we have to, we have to fight. 
Um, and yeah, that, that where she had her body pressed over her head and walked up the ring steps is just insane. Um, I, and I, like, I, I like the realism of this match where it was like, Hey, we're wrestling because I'm the champion and you won the Royal rumble. And, yeah. and there was no, there wasn't a whole lot of heel and baby face. Like, yeah, Bianca was your baby face and yeah, Sasha was technically a heel, but they were such good tweeners that it was like, we're just wrestling because it's our job and you're the champion I'm the and I'm the winner of the Royal Rumble and I'm going to defeat you for the belt. That's what it was. Yeah. I mean, it, it just told such a great story and the ring psychology, which is to me, you'll hear me say it a thousand times on this podcast as your corresponder, ring psychology is the most important thing in a match and this had it. I mean, it was just tremendous. I was so glued to the TV. Yeah, the... Uh... The, the, the knock that I've, I've consistently not here on the podcast, but I've consistently said about Sasha Banks is that she in, in big time opportunities where she's featured, some of her work has been sloppy. And this was not the case in this match. You, you mentioned the ring psychology. It flowed really well. Um, I don't remember a time where, and I've seen a few, a few Bianca Belair matches where she has utilized her hair. But I have never seen, or at least I don't, I can't recall a time where I've seen her opponent so uniquely and effectively use her own braid against her like Sasha Banks did. Yeah, that and, was a good point. Yeah, I forgot and, about that. And then you uh you mentioned that that hair whip, man. That that hair whip was violent. I heard that in South Carolina. Literally, all the way from Tampa. I I could have opened my door and heard that. I mean. That was like, and again, I've seen her whip people with her hair in matches before. I don't know if it was because a, a combination of being outside and the sound was able to carry more, but that whip sounded so violent. Um, I believe on the takeover review that we did, I predicted Bel Air to go over. I'm so glad that she did. However, I've got another botch of the night nominee and had, that has nothing to do with the wrestlers in this match. Uh, Michael Cole wrongly calling Sasha kicking out. Yeah. Like, oh, she kicked out. She. Yeah, I didn't even hear it in the moment. I didn't hear it until uh, I look. I rewatched it the next day. But I was so stoked. And I was cheering and I was so happy. I didn't even hear it until I saw it the next day. So, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's all I was gonna say was that like the whole Michael Cole. Oh, she kicked out, and I believe it was Samoa Joe. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. Whoever the hell it was with him on commentary. Or he was like, yeah. no, she won. Like, she won, you moron. Like. Again, I everybody gives Michael Cole a lot of shit about how he's terrible, this and everything else. The, the, the occupation of what he does is so difficult because if I had somebody speaking in my headset to me while I'm trying to tell a story to the audience, I don't know how I'd be able to do it. And there yeah, was a time where Michael Cole did commentary. He had a really good commentary team with Taz and with JBL where their chemistry was all really good and nobody gave Michael Cole the, the heat that he gets now. But to hear him make such a big botch and such a, like a, an important moment and such an important match on a pay-per-view. Um, and it, I, I keep using the word important and an important pay-per-view was the first time in over a year that there was a crowd in attendance at WrestleMania. So um, so yeah, botch of the night for me uh, with with Cole calling the wrong winner. However, it was great. I wish they had kept the uh, the the cameras going to watch uh, Montez Ford come out and celebrate with his wife. Yeah, it was great. Uh, who was I think that I don't know who that was. I think it was a family member of hers. 
someone almost jumped over the barricade to go to the ring. I um, missed that. Yeah, like he had his leg over, and then he like was like, "Oh yeah, never mind." And like the security guard was like, "No, no, you need to stay down." Like, yeah, it must have been a relative of hers or something. I didn't hear the story. I haven't looked it up, but it had um, to have been her dad. But that'll be that'll be an interesting story to follow. So, well, overall, so something we didn't talk about that I want to go back to real quick: the very beginning of this pay per view, Vince uh, has a great moment with the entire locker room, and. You know, he has a heartfelt speech about, you know, we, we, we survived this pandemic and, um, you know, we couldn't have done it without, you know, we were missing something and it was you fans and thank you very much. And get, I, I kind of teared up a little bit just hearing Ben say, and welcome to WrestleMania, you know, like just how, you know, just how he used to. And I think that was tremendous. And I know like, you know, say what you will about Vince McMahon. He's a crude businessman. Like he's, he's, he's a dick. He's, he holds people back, whatever you want to say about him. But, um, I mean, he's a hell of a dude and, uh, he created the greatest thing that like we love to watch. So props to him. And I loved, love, love, love that beginning moment. So I wanted to go back and discuss I, that. I found it very unique that he wanted to thank the fans for being in attendance give his, like you said, his infamous welcome to WrestleMania, followed by God literally trying to strike him down with, with lightning delay, with the, with the weather delay, right? It's revenge for, for God, or eventually getting a pinfall victory over God back in the day. Well, it was the Shawn Michaels and God versus the McMahons. Like, he said, oh, you want to have fans in your stands now? Guess what? Boom, 30-minute weather delay. Uh, I'll show you for making a mockery of me. Welcome to WrestleMania, my ass, is what God said. It would have been an, would have been an hour, but Vince went up to God and said, like, God damn it. This is WrestleMania. <laughs> this is WrestleMania, damn it. And then Vince, God got scared, and then all of a sudden, like, now we have WrestleMania. Yeah, I could just imagine him, like, watching everybody do their, like, impromptu promos that nobody was prepared for. Like, everything is so heavily scripted now. Trying his best to be funny, like, oh, that was wrong. Oh, and I can just, I can just see Vince saying, like, we gotta get the show going, but this is good shit. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, realistically, it was like, Pritchard! God damn it, why is it raining, Pritchard? <laughs> also, I don't, I don't know why it's raining. Laurinaitis, why is it raining? Oh, well, I don't know why it's, I don't know why it's raining, you know, I mean, like, I know we've circled back here, but uh, and we're gonna hit you guys with night too. I promise you. But this was just, that was just a tremendous moment and thinking about like uh, Vince losing his shit, like because you know it's always and it was so funny because I was just I was telling my roommate Danny while we were watching. He was like, "Has it ever rained on WrestleMania?" I said, "No, it never rains on WrestleMania." He's like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, every, everybody always asks Vince like, hey, what if it rains?'" And Vince always says like, "It's not gonna rain. It's WrestleMania." And like this is the time, of course, I tell him that story, and I'm like, "Well, shit, Danny, I'm a liar. It's raining, you know." Yeah. Like, oh, that was tr just tremendous. Um, yeah. Night one successful. Um, I, to me, it's not as great as night two, and we're gonna get into it. But I mean, night two to me, every single match was just, just on on par with just being spectacular. To me, it felt like, and we're gonna get into it. But anyway, night yeah. two. To that was the night one, and I can't wait to talk about it with you here soon. Yep. Uh, so there was, again, to, to sort of give a, a, a cap on night one, you had some really good matches. You had the WWE Championship match that started off the show, started off strong. A few matches later, you get a, a you know arguably a five-star match with Cesaro's first singles win at WrestleMania, and then closing the show quite possibly with one of the best women's matches of all time, 
uh, with Sasha Banks losing her SmackDown's Women's Championship to Bianca Belair. That brings us. That brings us to the end of night one. Now we go straight into night two. Uh, night one, we saw a lot of really good action. Um, you know, night two, we're going to see a lot of championship matches. Uh, you felt like the, the night one was sort of a prelude to your night of champions WrestleMania or your WrestleMania's night of champions, however you want to present it. Um, but we start off the we start off the night with what was probably the most disappointing match of both events, in my opinion. And I'm going to start us off here. Randy Orton versus The Fiend. You gave this match a little higher of a rating than I did. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to give him any credit, but there's a, a certain wrestling observer writer that gave this match <laughs> a, a negative star. I'll give this match one star for the interests alone. Watching The Fiend come back and, and, and Alexa Bliss coming in and twisting the arm of the giant jack-in-the-box to bring in uh, The Fiend. Uh, was was fantastic. I thought Randy Orton's white gear was really really cool to look at as far as a visual goes. Um, you love you have to love the subtle tribute that Bray made for Brody Lee in the match. Yeah. Um, I I was really happy. At least the, the again everything visually about the match was pleasing. They kept the lights red for the match to to sort of give it this eerie feeling. Um, I, I didn't like the repetition of the moves by Orton very early on, uh, which which contributed to to my one star rating for the match. The Alexa stuff was really creepy, um, especially I guess you can call it the prelude to the finish. Um, I I was extremely let down again. A lot of the, a lot of the match was repetitive, and then you let. The Fiend go down to a single RKO, what you know, pr- preluded to the you know to this distraction by Alexa Bliss. Uh, I mean, I just terrible booking. This is the second time Randy Orton has beaten Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania with zero good explanation. Like I know we, we <laughs> yeah, you're right. We have to see where this where this storyline goes, but what an utter fuck up by the writers and the producers for this show. PJ, I'm going to let you give your thoughts on this match because like, again, and the, and the, the casual fans that watch Bray Wyatt, like, wow, this is dumb. Or like, what is this? But the, the people who watch it and enjoy it for the story that he tells as the fiend to watch him constantly get, get misbooked and misused is infuriating to someone like me. So PJ, what say you, about the match between Randy Orton and The Fiend here? So I will say that I did rate it a little higher than I should have. Um, uh, but I will say um, the entrances were fantastic. Uh, I'm glad The Fiend didn't come out in his burnt bullshit. He came out you know, regularly. The um, the Fiend's offense, by the way, I don't even like calling him The Fiend. Like, I think that's dumb. Like, we know it's Bray Wyatt. I just call him Bray Wyatt. I don't like saying The Fiend. It's really juvenile, and to me, it's silly. But Bray Wyatt, uh, his offense was just tremendous. Uh, I really did enjoy the uh, the spot with Alexa towards the finish. But, yes, you are correct. 
it should have. If you're gonna beat the, uh, if you're gonna defeat, defeat Bray Wyatt clean like that, I mean, how many stomps did it take for Seth Rollins? I mean, like two or three RKO's. I get that that's probably the most. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, but the RKO has got to be probably one of the most protected moves. Absolutely. Besides what Hogan's leg drop and the FU. I mean, I mean, it's one of the most protected fucking moves of all WWE. Hogan's leg drop, 100%. I don't remember one person kicking out of Hogan's leg drop. Um, I remember the Rock wrestling 18. Okay, yeah. So then, so yeah. So no, I'm right there with you. Like, we might have to do a 30-minute segment one day about Bray Wyatt and how WWE has misused him and not taken advantage of him and what he does. And primarily to me, especially because they just released Bo Dallas this week. Yeah, the end. The, I don't know if if you it's. Do you know why? Do you, do you know why I don't think it's a huge deal that Randy Orton beat Bray Wyatt clean? You know why I don't think it's a huge deal right now? Sure. Because I'm so fucking tired of seeing Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt in matches. So now maybe it's fucking done. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, it happened again. Whatever. Let's move the fuck on. Let's let Bray Wyatt go back into the title scene. Or let's. I mean, yeah. like. But how do you put Bray Wyatt in the title scene when you can't even let him beat Randy Orton in a one-on-one match? Like now you've let Randy Orton set him on fire. You've let um, you've now let him pin him essentially clean. Like I granted you get the distraction, but like there was no physical interference to cause uh, Randy Orton to to be able to hit a single RKO and beat and beat Bray Wyatt it, again. It, it drives me nuts. We might have to have another show where we do a thirty-minute talk about the misuse of Bray Wyatt. I mean, how, you, how you book it, how you book it is just have Alexa Bliss torment, um, um, uh, you know, the, the, the Reigns family or the, the Reigns uh, captain, I guess, if you will, with, with Jey Uso and, um, and, uh, and Heyman. I mean, you, 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 you bring the fight to Reigns. You set the table on fire. You, uh, you know, they can do a spot where with Reigns, you know, at the head of the table and he cuts into a stake and it's worms or something. I mean, like you could do any, you could kidnap Paul Heyman and turn him or some shit. I mean, like you gotta, you gotta be creative when it comes to that. I get your point as to like, why does he get a title shot? If he just fucking beat, if he got beat clean by Randy fucking Orton. But I think you can like bend those rules a little bit for Bray Wyatt because this is the one match on the card that is back to that supernatural attitude era, giving birth to hand bullshit that like really resonates with some fans. Um, I, again, the visuals paid for itself. Yes. I rated it a little high. The match wasn't fantastic, um, but it was, it, it was what it needed to be. You know, it, it, the Bray Wyatt was coming back again and um yeah, he should, probably should have gone over Orton, but unfortunately, it just would have gone into another match with Orton and another match with Orton. And maybe we we needed to see Alexa Bliss and um, Bray Wyatt kind of start to come out. And this is maybe where you see the, the the Fiend character ending, and we get Bray Wyatt back to the way he was. You know, I miss seeing just Bray Wyatt out there with his beard and his long hair and his his lantern and shit. You know. We will agree to disagree on that fact in the interest of moving on to the next match. Uh, the next match, uh, again, sort of similar to night, night one, we get a women's tag team match, this time for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. The team who won the gauntlet match the night before, Natalia and Tamina take on Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. 
PJ, I'm going to let you give us uh, your thoughts on this match first. I gave this a two and a half star rating. Uh, I believe it's the exact same rating I gave the gauntlet match the night before. PJ, what do you, what do you think about this women's tag team championship match on night two of WrestleMania? I rated this one a little higher because I actually did enjoy the match. They got 14 minutes and 20 seconds, plenty of time. Um, maybe, maybe the match I did think go a little bit too long. Uh, Tamina botched both of the superflies that she did on uh, night one and night two. She like landed knees first, which is like a big fucking no, no. Um, but then the match itself though, it wasn't bad. It was great action. Um, a little bit of false finishes there. You really didn't know who was going to go over at the time. Um, I think it set the pace for all the title matches that we were getting. We got to remember night one had what one, two, two title matches, three title matches in night two. We get one, two, three, four, five, one, two. Yeah. We get five title matches. I think it's great. Uh, this always set the pace for uh, all the title matches that were coming. And I guess, uh, you know, to some people, it was a little piss break match before we get to like a great four and a half star match, which is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which we'll get into in a minute. But um, I, I know I enjoyed it. I really did. Uh, went a little bit too long. Tamina, not as great. But hearing like the, the crowd chanting Tamina, they really wanted to get, they were really behind her. Uh, I hope that this like inspire her to, you know, maybe buck up and, you know, get some better training. <laughs> I mean, she, she could really be a force to be reckoned with. Plus seeing two big monsters in the ring with each other. I mean, Tamina and Nia Jax, those are, two, those are two big bitches, man. Like that was a, that was a really good standoff and that could have been something fantastic. I think it will be later on. Yeah. I, uh, part of the part, I guess the reason why it got so high for me was that I guess they got my memo from the night before that Tamina's just not that good. And um and she was she was out of the, the match the majority of it, um and she almost missed the freaking there was a pin save that she almost missed the referee oh, yeah. had to slow his count, um I get another botch of the uh, botch of the night nominee because we're gonna do one botch of the night from from the collective WrestleMania, there was a spot in the match where Tamina and Natalia couldn't even connect on a tag, like how are you supposed to yeah. I, I I don't even know where to go from that other than to say that like they missed the, the freaking tag. Like the I think they got lost a little bit. They got they got lost a little bit of who was yeah, I think that's what happened. I even yeah, I wrote that in my notes, like they got lost a little bit. And I think that's exactly where you're where, where you're talking about. And I was trying to remember like where did they get lost? And that's probably it. Yep. And then uh and then there was a crossbody by Naya to both uh Tamina and Natty. Um, but they had to wait wait a little too long for it. Um, almost like Naya was like, she was ready for it, but she was like afraid to do it because she didn't want to hurt somebody. Um, it made it a little bit of an awkward spot to me. I thought it was a predictable finish. Uh, again, just an average match as a, as a whole. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, I wasn't a fan. If, if, you know, the piss break, piss break, you know, to me, this, this would have been it for night two. Uh, but it, the second, this is, this is the second longest match um in night two of wrestlemania my friend this is 14 minutes 20 seconds the main event goes 21 40 this and everything else is below that so this is the second longest match on the car which is why i think it went just a little bit too long yeah but it's, uh, i think a good match. it's insane hearing that number um but again in big pay-per-views like this you're gonna have to have filler matches so coming off of the uh, the well, it should have been a much better match between Randy Orton and the Fiend. You had to do something to prelude this. You called it a four and a half star. I called it a, a four star match between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Uh, before the match even starts, 
I wrote in my notes, get Logan Paul off of my WrestleMania team. Why is he on my fucking screen? I get totally- him the get him the fuck out of here. Like he has no business being here whatsoever. Um, also, they they the video package, Sami Zayn dancing. I want him. I want that to be part of his new gimmick, like just goofy ass dancing all the time. I thought it was hysterical. I, I love that. Uh, I will say that, like, I'm not, I'm not very. I'll say this as, like, I guess a 27 year old boomer, but I forgot who Logan Paul was. I only knew him as like I thought he was like a a YouTube guy that did like video games or something. I didn't know, and I, then I was like, is that the boxer? Isn't his brother a boxer? And then I remember that Logan Paul was that piece of shit that one like was called using racial slurs on his YouTube. And also, like, laughed in the suicide forest in Japan when he claimed that he saw someone hang himself or hang themselves. And yeah, he made he was in the suicide forest and like he was videotaping. He didn't stop videotaping and he actually showed dead people in the suicide forest and then started cracking jokes. He would apologize later, but like he apologized because he knew if he didn't that his uh, I don't know if you call his, his celebrity or his his whatever you want to call it. Uh, would would you know he might as well write it write himself off um but yeah getting back to the match uh i'm really missed the pop-up power bomb i remember when it was used as a finish um well hold on. is it true that logan paul was supposed to fight floyd mayweather jr they they were supposed to fight they they had agreed and then i forgot what happened but it, it got pushed back so yes and i'm just trying to look up a little bit more so wait he is a boxer his brother's not a boxer he's a boxer jake paul is a boxer too logan paul i think did it like almost like a celebrity boxing type type of thing okay so he Whereas, does have a brother name something jake, else paul. yeah jake paul okay see this is how much i fucking know i told you i I don't know, but um, okay, just I just yeah didn't. no. Either way, Logan Paul had no business being a WrestleMania other than to help, I guess, promote his brother's fight. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so uh, I wrote you know again in my notes. Weird how they have uh, KO using his, uh, or I say how quickly they have him use his entire offense. Like he went through his entire playbook very very quickly in this match. I know you mentioned the tag team match that we just saw. Uh, was the second longest match of the night, and I felt like they were rushing this match. Um, the uh, the brainbuster on the apron by Zayn uh, it it made me cringe because like those apron spots are, are not you know are not a uh, are not clean or you know I say they're they're not clean they're just they're not you know fun to watch because like it's just so hard and unforgiving. I mentioned the botch of the night from night one or the nominee I, I should say Michael Cole screwing up on commentary. Graves is now correcting colon commentary tonight. I can't remember the exact moment it was, but it was. I remember him saying, "Yeah, I think he, I think he, he, he fucked up a power bomb or something." He was like, "It's a power bomb, Cole, or something." Yeah, which, it was a move that he missed up. Took me back to SummerSlam 2005 when um, during the ladder match between Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. I remember this very clearly that uh, Rey jumped, fell from the, the the belts, and Eddie grabbed him and power power bombed him. And uh, I'm a power slam, so I'm, I'm calling me your Michael Cole. But he power bombed him and Eddie, and he goes, "Oh, spine buster!" And Tash was like, "Oh, Eddie with a well, that's a, actually a power bomb there, Cole." And it's like, "Damn, dude, how long have you been doing this?" But and that took me back to that. And yeah, yeah, it was the it was the blue thunder bomb. He got yeah. the uh, it was a spine buster, and he called it the blue thunder bomb or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're gonna get what you get with these two guys. I mean, they're best friends in real life, so you're gonna get that chemistry with them as opponents. 
Um, they can make everything look so violent and so, so well for one another. Um, I'm glad that Jake or that, that Logan Paul, now I'm trying to call him Jake, caught a stunner at the end of the match because that piece of shit had no business being on WrestleMania. Uh, did I miss anything? Is there anything you wanted to add about this match? Because I know you loved it a lot. I really, really loved it. It took me right back to uh, Steen and Generico. I mean, like, um, this felt like Vince was just like, listen, this is the last minute match. You guys know what to do. You go out there and just have fun. I do. I did write that I missed Sami Zayn's thing where he used to slide across the ring and and uh, and DDT you from the outside, or he would slide in. Or he no no no. He would go from corner to corner from the outside and like go under the ring and 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 I'm explaining it right under the bottom rope. And yeah, it was it was the tornado DDT where he dove underneath the bottom uh, rope. There you go. You're doing at the corner. Them. Yeah. I missed that, and I thought that spot was coming up. But it was not. It was good to see Sammy actually wrestling and not just bitching about being a conspiracy theorist or that that weird gimmick. But I really, really enjoyed this match so much. It really took me back. Um, uh, I liked how we almost got the Kevin Owens power driver that he used to do. And, of course, like Sammy got out of that. Um, yeah, the match was fantastic. Uh, I don't have much to add. I, I did write in my notes that I hope this is a sick – I'll read it verbatim. I hope this is just a sick prank just for Sammy and Kevin to beat the shit out of Logan Paul, they're actually not going to wrestle. Like, yeah, that would have been great. And like at the end, like they both just kind of look at each other and start beating up Logan Paul. That would just been fun. Uh, but uh, Logan, if anyone like, I mean, Logan Paul, if you ever listen to this, I mean, go, I fuck you. <laughs> That's so funny. Box you at any time, and you probably beat me up because, like, I mean, you probably have some sort of training, but like. God, I would just love to fucking take a swing at your dumb ass. Dude, if I were given, I keep telling, I tell people this, if I were given just nine months, bills paid to do nothing but train, I could beat the shit out of, out of Logan Paul. Oh, yeah. So, uh, nevertheless, I'm right there with you. Um, so, yeah, to sort of wrap it up, if you're late to the party, so to speak, and get to WrestleMania late, this is obviously the first match on the card, in my opinion, that's worth watching. Um, and it brings us right into the, again, the night of champions, WrestleMania. We get, uh, you know, three championship matches back to back. Well, I say three, four championship matches back to back to back, starting off with the United States championship, uh, contested between, uh, they're calling him Riddle, but it's Matt Riddle versus Sheamus. Uh, I'm going to start us off with this. Um, I thought it was a really good back and forth, uh, I don't know if, if, if you follow it on social media, but Riddle has given uh, Goldberg a lot of crap on social media. Oh, I, don't I, remember, I forgot about this. Hell yeah. I thought it was hysterical that he hit a jackhammer on Sheamus, considering all the crap that he had given uh, Goldberg. And it was it was a nice touch. You kind of, again, if you followed social media, you knew where that came from. Uh, I think that the end of the match got a little sloppy, as you can see when... Uh, when, when Riddle took the finish, he actually got, like, booted in the mouth. Um, I, I'm keeping track. Uh, there's, a, there's We had the Brain Buster on the apron in the, in the previous match. We get a second apron spot of, of the night on in this match. Um, we'll, I'm keeping track of it just to give you a heads up. Um, there's a few, time where, a few times in this match where I noticed that Riddle almost slipped. Uh, I don't know if it was moisture from being in Florida and the rain from the night before, but maybe it's time for, for Riddle to put on some boots when he comes in the ring. I know part of his gimmick is kicking off his flip-flops at the start of the match. Um, I, uh, I I have another Botch of the Night nominee where Sheamus attempted to hit White Noise 
from the top rope and just didn't have the balance in him to be able to pull it off. So he steps down. Luck, fortunately, he didn't completely drop him and he was able to finish the move. Just couldn't do it from the top rope. I, I wrote that as well. It was a terrific recovery. He was able to just like he just took him down and then said, "All right, I'll climb up the top rope and do it." Like, and he did it like a frog splash or something. But yeah, that was yeah. great recovery. I'm glad he like he had the ring presence to say, "I'm not going to try this again." Like, I slipped. I'll take him down and then I'll you know we'll go from there. So I, I thought that was really really smart on him. And um, kudos to Sheamus. Yeah, I think the finish saw uh, like a moonsault variant um, of the bro kick. I'm calling it a caught riddle flush in the mush or flush in the mush. Uh, it, it caught him right in the mouth. Uh, like it was just, it was ugly to look at, but again, riddle was a, a former MMA fighter. So he's used to getting nailed in the face. Uh, that's what she said. Never expected Seamus to go over here. Um, but he gets the win and another, another run with the United States championship. Um, I know you, you, you know, you, I hit on two of your notes. Uh, what else do you have to add to this match? Not much. Um, I did really love the finish. Uh, it was it was brutal. Um, I really wanted Matt Riddle to keep to, to keep that belt. Um, I'm really really a uh, I'm, I'm a huge Matt Riddle mark uh, bro bro all day. Uh, I've been watching him ever since he was in PWG and even before that. I followed his UFC or excuse me MMA career and um, great great wrestler and great. He's a he's a solid fucking hang too, man. If you ever get the chance. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. To me, the wrong guy won, but doesn't matter. I really, really enjoyed the match, and uh, just another great like four top star match, man. I think I gave this match like four stars. Yeah, I think uh, I think some of the dirt writer, dirt sheet writers uh, said that the original plan was for never, never to have Riddle win the United States Championship, um, but that um, it just happened to work out that way. So this is the way to get the title back off of him. So. Again, I mean, if you start off, I guess, if you started off the mat, the, the show with Owens and Zane and went into this, we're having a really phenomenal show uh, for night uh, for night two. Next up on the card is the Intercontinental Championship being contested. Uh, Biggie defending against Apollo Crews. I gave it a three-and-a-half-star match. PJ, why don't you start us off? How'd you feel about this match? Uh, you know, you know what do you, what you got to say about, about this match here between uh, seemingly an up-and-comer in uh, Apollo Crews, finally, uh, against uh, an established veteran at this point in his career, Big E. Yeah, um, I didn't enjoy the Nigerian drum fight as a match. I mean, it was basically just a no-disqualification match, to be real. Uh, I needed someone's head to go through a drum, and then I would have said, this is a great Nigerian drum fight. Uh, Frank, i got to ask you, what, what match is your favorite? What's your favorite Nigerian drum fight match? Ooh, let's see. I think there was a match between Kamala and the Zodiac in the early 90s in WCW. Uh, loser leaves the Dungeon of Doom. I'm totally, totally bullshitting, obviously. <laughs> that, that never took place. Nigerian drum match. Um, now, Nigerian drum match, is, is, it's a little different than the Jamaican drum, uh, drum match, whereas the Jamaican drum match, um, the drums are dry rubbed. Whereas oh. these were uh, were uh, were uh, wet. So. See, I thought. See, I thought that if it was a Jamaican drum match, that it would be the steel drums. Uh, whereas here, you had the traditional like wooden with the canvas on the top. So that's where I thought the drums were different. So like a Jamaican drum match had the potential to be more violent because of the steel I drums. Think so, yeah, I, I, they used to use the, 
you're making drums in ECW. So, and then, so Vince. Oh, okay, didn't... there you go. Oh, Vince, Vince wanted to completely steer away from the, uh, yeah. the ole, 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 ole. He, like yeah, that, that whole. That he said, he said, yeah, this, this is, this ain't working. He's no, like, this, I, is, this I mean, is racist. Let, let's move on from here. No, no, um, I just, you know, I, I, the match was really, really good. Great, great talent here. Um, I will say I did really, really love uh, throughout this, both nights, you had great, um, uh, you had great, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, diversity in all the matches. This, I think this is like one of the uh, WrestleManias where there's, there's like more African-American wrestlers like on the card than I think there has been in a while. So I enjoyed this match. I've always followed Ua Nation, who is Apollo Crews. I always followed him. He's such a great worker. He's, he's another solid dude. Um, he's a terrific talent. And I'm glad he got the Intercontinental title here. And this just means that Big E can just move on and hopefully um, hopefully get that big belt, man. He deserves uh, the overall champion. Uh, we got to also remember, I mean, he was the first African-American uh, NXT champion. I, always, I often forget about that. And, um, I mean, hell yeah, keep it going. Um, the, uh, the frog splash that Cruz attempted, but he gets out of the way, uh, and he's, um, he sends, uh, sends Cruz through the table, uh, the big ending. And then of course we get, um, uh, Dabako, Dabakato, Dabakato coming in to help, uh, Cruz get the belt. Who's now going by a different name, general something. I can't remember his name now off the top of my head, but, um, I thought that was great. Uh, the match was fantastic. Again, would have been great if I would have got a drum to the head. It doesn't matter. Um, the match was great and I loved yeah. it. And I love Apollo Cruz getting the intercontinental belt. Yeah. I think, uh, again, to, to your point, um, if you're going to have a, a Nigerian drum match, somebody has got to get hit with a drum at some point in the match. Um, but having said that, uh, a few, I only wrote a few notes down on this match. It was a great match with two really great workers. Uh, the, that spear that, that, uh, Biggie likes to hit coming from the inside, inside of the ring to out. Uh, always scares the shit out of me because I'm, I'm always afraid that Big E is going to, you know, land on his neck one day. But when he hits it right, it's such a unique spot and such a flush move to hit. Um, and this this was a great spot that that uh, was well sold by Apollo. Uh, if you're keeping track at home and you're playing apron spot bingo, uh, we get the third apron spot of the night on the third side of the ring. If somebody hits the apron on the side by the announce table tonight uh we're gonna get apron bingo so again i told you i was keeping track of it it was the third yeah. straight match with an apron spot. Match with six minutes and 50 seconds i mean like you know it was a quick match it was what it needed to be i think that's another thing too like it, it was exactly what it needed to be which is why i rated it so high like it, it wasn't a filler match it had great action it had great talent and you get a you get another title change guys we've had uh two in a row so far and Leading us into the next one, we're about to get another one. So what's yeah. next, Ryan? Yeah, no, I, I just wanted to, to mention that Uranagi seemed a little unnecessary on the steps, on the on the steps, I should say. Um, glad he, yeah. glad Apollo didn't get hurt in that spot. And then you mentioned the interference to help Apollo get the win. Uh, I enjoyed that spot, especially with Apollo's character being heel. I'm glad that that's what it took for him to to win uh, the title. Uh, so again, I, I gave it three and a half stars. Another really good match. So now we're 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 on a roll here with three solid matches, uh, the last two being for titles, going right into the Raw Women's Championship where Asuka takes on Rhea Ripley. I gave this match three and a half stars as well. 
Um, obviously, Rhea came in as I don't know if you call her call her a baby face, uh, but she I, she's getting some boost from the crowd tonight. Uh, some of the some of her, her actions seem sort of heelish, so I don't know if she's playing a heel. Um, I liked some of the really uh, nice high impact spots and decent back and forth between these two, much better than the rematch on Raw the next night. Um, interesting to see Rhea get shot to the moon mere weeks after being called up, especially with all the others who have been left by the wayside. Uh, and then obviously with some of the cuts this week, um, it makes a little more sense as to why she's getting the, the belt put on her, especially after um, the, the promo that Charlotte Flair cut Monday night. Um, but yeah, I thought the match was, the match was great considering that there's always the language barrier with Oscar and anyone else this is the first time we'd ever seen them work together. If I'm not mistaken, Rhea Ripley was in NXT UK. By the time she got over to the regular NXT brand, Oscar had already made her way up to the main roster. So considering it was their, their full first televised uh, match together, I thought they did a pretty good job of putting something together here. Uh, PJ, how'd you feel about this? Uh, it was a great match. Uh, we, we, I think we went 13 minutes. Hold on. Uh, 13 minutes and 30 seconds for this match. Uh, Rhea Ripley and Asuka, I don't think they had the best chemistry in the match, but they made up for it with tremendous, like, brutality. Like, the match which is really, was really stiff. Uh, I was glad to see Rhea Ripley go over. Um, the Asuka-like spot was tremendous, and we got – and then, of course, she escaped from that. I will say that I would have rated it a little higher. The finish was so abrupt. The, she hit the Riptide, and that was it. Like, one, two, three. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe we took a couple breaks from some false finishes. Like, we didn't need it. Um, but I would have liked to see a little bit more back and forth. That being said, another great match. Two terrifically talented women. And um, I did really enjoy it. And we get another title change. How have we had three title changes in a row? Right? Like, what? Like, I think, I mean, you know, WrestleMania is the big night for, like, you know, title changes and, like, had so far five title changes tonight uh, for what night one and night two. Uh, so, and that stops there though. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. I think it's good that we, we don't spend a whole lot of time on this because there's probably a lot to speak about uh, in, in the main event of night two WrestleMania, we get the WWE championship triple threat match uh, where Roman Reigns is defending the universal championship against edge and Daniel Bryan. Uh, my third five-star match at WrestleMania, uh, PJ. You know, I, I've gone first so many times. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna let you give you the floor here, and let you kind of give the audience, you know, your thoughts on the main event of night two for WrestleMania. I have three words for this main event. No, 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 no. no. Uh, I did really want Daniel Bryan to go over. I touched Daniel Bryan, Mark. Um, I've loved him ever since he was the American Dragon in New Japan, but I, I knew he wasn't going to win because uh, Vince doesn't like to make me happy. Uh, we went 21 minutes and 40 seconds here. Great triple threat match here. Uh, here's the story. Edge wins the Royal Rumble, of course. Uh, Daniel Bryan is next in line to face Reigns. However, there's interference, so he believes that he's the next. He should be facing uh, Reigns at WrestleMania. Of course, then there's the match, and Daniel Bryan gets to go into the triple threat match. Uh, he defeats Jey Uso to go into the match at Fastlane. Then Edge fucks it up because he's the special enforcer. Now we get this triple threat match at WrestleMania for the main event of night two. 
Edge, the Royal Rumble winner. Daniel Bryan, the uh, self-proclaimed number one contender. Of course, you have your champion, chief of the table, head of the table, Roman Reigns. The match to me um, was just... I, I really did love the chemistry here. They all three had a great, great showing. Um, you know, the spots with the um, the STF, or excuse me, I guess a crossface, the crossface with the piece of chair, and then Daniel gets love on the that other. spot. We get concertos. We get Jey Uso interfering twice. Uh, I mean, I was just marking up for this fucking match. Uh, knees to faces all day by Daniel Bryan. I mean, Daniel Bryan, get him the kicks, get um, back and forth. Um, ultimately, you have Roman Reigns stacking Edge and Daniel Bryan on top of each other for the pin. If that's not a strong WrestleMania win, my friend, I don't know what the fuck is. Uh, I'm not a huge Reigns fan. So we talked about, talked about that before. I do find him more likable now. I think I can take him more seriously now, now that I can, like, now that he does not wearing a bulletproof vest into the ring. Um, I love this character. Uh, I think it's just, I, I, I think it's great psychology and the match deserved to go on last. And all three of those guys deserve props because they put on a hell of a show. And uh, that's, that's definitely, that's what I got to say. I think they missed a few opportunities here. Now that I'm actually thinking about it again, I don't recall either of these guys having like a WrestleMania entrance Every year, Triple H gets to wrestle in WrestleMania. He gets this massive million-dollar entrance. And I think this could have been the time where Roman gets a nice entrance. He gets uh, gets a new entrance theme to go along with it. I think they missed the boat here. But I'm with you. Uh, I, I actually mentioned the chair spot. million dollars on the pyro for all the entrances. So, to your point. But, yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, I think um, – so, I, I'm going to just go down my notes here. A cool spot where Brian slides out and drops Roman to the apron that also pulls uh, Edge down across the top rope. It was like, a you know, again, it, it goes to, you know, your point about the chemistry. I think this is the best triple threat match that I've seen since Benoit went over Triple H and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania uh, yeah. for his world championship. Um, it's really, again, really good, fast-paced physical action. A lot of, again, to your point, the chemistry, nice reversals all around. Uh, I loved the double missed spears by Edge and Roman where they basically, like, collarboned each other. Um, it was a surprise to me seeing, again, you know, we don't know if Daniel Bryan is, is, you know, coming to the end of his career, but it would make sense considering we saw a diving headbutt by Bryan, which we haven't seen in a while, knowing his concussion history. Um, again, you mentioned uh, the chair across the face during the cross face. I love the yes, loss, the yes, lock combination with the edge crippler cross face. Um, I wish they would have let Roman tap out to that and yeah. you could have gone a one-on-one -on -one with it, with, with edge and Brian for the rest of the match. Um, or at least declared it a no contest and restarted the match. Um, you know, there were a lot of false finishes in this match. But it wasn't like Edge hits a spear, Roman kicks out. Daniel Bryan hits the, the flying knee, Edge kicks out. Roman hits the Superman punch, Bryan kicks out. Like, it wasn't a bunch of finishers getting kicked out of. It was just a lot of really good false finishes that, that build a, built up the, dispense, the, the suspense to the end of the match. Um, really good storytelling with that, with that sort of uh, action. And then, again, 
Uh, you mentioned it too, the, the Roman stacking Brian and edge uh, to get the pin on both of them. Uh, you know, I, I said that it seemed like a little unnecessary burial of those two guys, but at the same time, like I understand the concept of trying to make Roman look super strong and that's exactly what it did. Really good match again. Deserved to be the main event where it was at. Uh, it goes right up there with some of the best WrestleMania main events, especially when it comes to triple threat matches. It might quite, quite possibly be one of the best triple threats that I've ever seen. Um, so, yeah. So, before we, you know, I guess that's, that's the end of night two. So, we'll, we'll go right along here. Um, between night one and night two, do you have a biggest botch or miss spot of the night for, you know, both night one and two combined? I think uh, the biggest spot has got to be Michael Cole. Fuck it. And I guess I didn't hear it the first time. So maybe, you know, I'm wrong, but it's got to be Michael Cole. Fuck it up. You know that, you know, Sasha kicked out. It's got to be that. Got to be. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a tie between that and, and the, just the, the missed tag of Tamina and Natalia. I mean, cause you're, you're in a match and you know, you're competing for the tag team championships after you just gone over the night before and you can't make a tag. Like it just, it seemed very sloppy and just made it seem like it you know, wasn't very believable. So it's probably to me a uh, toss up between those two spots, the Cole mistakenly calling that, that Sasha kicked out uh, piss break opportunity. I'm going to go. Uh, with that women's tag team gauntlet match, uh, you know, at least on, we're going to have to do night one and night two because that's your your PBO of night one, PBO of night two. Um, I'd hate to say it, but you don't want to take a pee break at the beginning of the night. But if you just got done eating dinner and you got to, you know, you got to take a restroom break uh, before you get into it. I mean, you could miss those first two matches and you're not missing much. So I'd say the PBO for night two is that Fiend and Orton match. Uh, what's your PBO for each night of WrestleMania? PBO uh, is definitely, I agree with you, the, the, the turmoil match is pretty terrible. Uh, for night two, my pee break, I held it the entire time. I don't think there's one spot, uh, in my opinion. The tag match for women, the, the women's tag match was indeed the weakest of the, um, of the night, but with good spots. It was still a good match. And even the Randy Orton and Fiend, uh, Fiend Bray Wyatt, I'm reading it right now. Even the Randy Orton and the Bray Wyatt thing, it's like, yeah, the match wasn't wasn't that great, but the visuals were fantastic, and I wouldn't want to miss it. So I don't have one for night two, to be honest with you. Night okay. one is night two. I ain't got one. Uh, let's say, let's call it for both nights. Uh, favorite spot of WrestleMania between nights one and night two. Do you have a favorite spot uh, for for WrestleMania? It's got to be the um, the main event in the main event. Uh, yeah, it's got it, it, it. It's either the backflip bro kick, bro kick, or it's the uh, piece of chair double cross face, if you want to call it double yes lock, if you want to call it that. In the main event, well, I'm leaning towards that one. Uh, that 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 spot was tremendous for me. I think when I when I when I hear WrestleMania moment. Uh, when I when I think of spots that that define WrestleMania, I think of those larger than life moments, and so I'm gonna have to go with what might be the obvious choice, 
and that's uh, Shane McMahon hitting that that flip bump off this top of the steel cage in night one, being my spot of the night um, for for Wrestle or I guess the spot of WrestleMania. Uh, it was just you know it's one of those things that you can't replicate, and it's not something that you know it's it's not something you can train yourself to do. You just got to be able to take it and take it properly and. Good on Shane for being as old as he is and still be willing to take these bumps. All right. Your WrestleMania moments. I mean, like, who did you think had the best WrestleMania moment of both nights? I mean, to me, it's kind of obvious. Yeah, I don't think you can get a bigger moment than Bianca Belair uh, realizing her dream because she. I don't think she ever won a title on at NXT. No. So coming in and winning the the women's championship and doing it the way she did. I just, I don't think that you can, you can do better than that. What about you? What, what is your, what is your WrestleMania moment? Oh, oh, Bianca. I mean, Bianca by far, okay. like no contest. I mean, I'm looking on the list again and I just nothing like nothing. It, it, it doesn't even compare. Uh, Bianca Belair, that was her WrestleMania to win. And she damn did it. She damn did it. Right on. All right, so here's going to be the toughest one. The match of the night, and we're going to do match of the night for both nights, so you can't choose one for night one and night one for night two. Your match of WrestleMania, if there's one match, if you can't watch any match but one between both nights of WrestleMania, what match are you telling people to watch? Man, it's hard because it's both main events. So great, and then like Kevin Owens and Sammy, I would say, I would say, I'd say Bianca and Sasha. I'd say Bianca and Sasha. Yeah, and I, Brian Mark like that. Belair and Sasha. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong saying calling that your match of the night. I think the historical implications uh, set aside. I, I think it was quite possibly one of the best women's matches in history. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be contrarian just because, you know, that's going to be what everybody talks about. I'm going to say that everybody needs to go out and watch the Universal Championship match. I think, again, one of the best triple threats in the history of WWE. Uh, the fact that, like, when you normally watch a triple threat, you kind of you can sort of anticipate moments in a triple threat where like, okay, here comes the, the third guy to make the save, or now you're going to get two guys going at it while one guy re- recovers on the outside. And I don't ever feel like you actually had that breath catching moment in that match. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that the, the main event for night two was probably my match of WrestleMania um, with obviously Bianca Belair being, let's call her a one B to the triple threat, one uh, A. Um, so I think you know, we've already. When you think about the Universal Championship, you got to remember that it's such a new title. It doesn't feel very new, but you know, it, it's only had eight uh, eight holders. That's hard to believe, too. Considering, I mean, two of those holders were Goldberg and, and Lesnar. So well, yeah, and then, like Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, Finn Balor, I started to say Finn Balor, yeah. and, but, eight, eight, but eight, only eight holders, you know, that's always, I, I was thinking about that, I'm like, universal title, you know, the universal, when you said universal title match, I'm like, God, how many of those have been, and the match, and they've only had eight, eight holders, that's crazy, anyway, 
Yeah. So I think we've already we've already pretty much covered it. But you know, your overall rating of the pay per view. Uh, you know, how how did you feel about WrestleMania as a whole? I know you mentioned you thought night two was better than night one. Uh, but let's get let's hear your final thoughts on WrestleMania 2021. So WrestleMania 37, I think, was super important. We talked about this earlier. It was super important because it was the next. It, it was it, it was the next time that you know first time in a long time that we had fans. You know, over twenty five thousand fans in um in the um Audience. in the arena. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and this was super important because this was make or break for WWE, in my opinion. Not that like if not if they didn't sell out, that like you know they'd go broke. What I'm saying is. This is their chance to like, guys, we're back with an audience. We got to put on, we got to remember to put on that show. You know, we can't, now we're live again. Now we have people there. Um, And I think it was, I think it was a great event. I think I gave it 4.5 stars out of five, the entire uh, WrestleMania. Um, The only shit matches were really um, the two women or well, the, the turmoil match, AJ and, uh, uh, you know, um, Omos. Uh, Omos could have been I'm fucking it up. Oh, uh, Omos could have been <laughs> Bad Bunny, Damian Priest could have been better. No, I mean, but the mat, the, the WrestleMania itself was 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 really well done. And uh, of course, there was some goofy shit in there, you know, with like Titus and Hogan, you know, doing their thing as pirates. And then there was, you know, Bailey coming out every now and again and just being annoying. Um, but I yeah, four point five. It was a hell of a WrestleMania, and I do think the night two. Every single match at night two felt bigger and it felt like a WrestleMania match. Night one, it, it hurt. But the two that really stick out, maybe three, were the um, were Cesaro and AJ, or excuse me, Cesaro and Seth Rollins. And then you have, of course, the cage match and then your main event. Your main event was the best match out of both nights. Yes, no, no argument. But night two, every single match felt necessary. Every single match had great psychology. Not once that I want to st- stand up and check on my lasagna or check on my shit, like uh, check on my dog, check on, no, no, I was glued to that TV. And when I said earlier in the show that like night two, uh, I enjoyed Metal for a little bit of bias. Night one, I watched with just uh, my roommate because my my wife was working. And of course I was talking with you guys, you know, always. But night two, I had my buddy over and I had my wife, you know, my wife was off work. So we watched it together. And maybe with more people in my house, maybe that's why I felt night two was better. And the reason I say this is because when I bring this up, everyone's like, dude, what are you talking about? Like night one was like 10 times better. And I'm like, fucking where? Where was it 10 times better? Just in that main event? No way. Because to me, night two was just like crazy better than night one besides the main event and Cesaro and Rollins. And I guess I'm just super hipster because night two just felt bigger to me. Yeah, so I, I think I, I averaged out what we both gave the, the match ratings, and I think it came out to a 3.5 overall WrestleMania rating. If I had to give it as a whole and not use the, uh, you know, not use all the ratings for each match, I'd probably give WrestleMania as a whole four stars. Um, I, uh, I enjoyed night one more than I enjoyed night two. Based on our ratings, night two was actually the better the, the, the night with the better matches. But for whatever reason, I don't know if it was Cesaro finally getting over. You had the, the big spot from Shane McMahon. You had uh, the women's title change, uh, you know, Bianca Belair going over. 
I think a lot of that that stuff that you normally, you know, you're used to seeing for WrestleMania happened on night one. So, you know, despite let me think of how to put this. Despite the matches being better on night two, night one just felt more important. And maybe it was because it was the first time we'd seen WWE fans in an arena in over a year. And I think to your point, like they knew like this is the first time that we've had them here. This might be the last time for a little while that we get them in here. We need to put on a show that they're going to remember. Right. So I guess like when you look at night two, I mean, like, I'm looking at like all like the, there are more titles on the line. So maybe that's why I also thought it was bigger. I don't know. I don't know why I, I thought night two was just so, but I went to bed that night just going like, God, night two just blew night one out of the water. I remember talking to like Will. I talked to Will about it. I talked to a few people about it in the city. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And like, you know, I'm like, damn, dude, maybe I'm just in the, maybe I'm just in the, in the ether and just didn't get it. But like, yeah, to me, and I'm not saying night one was bad. No, not not what I'm saying. I enjoyed WrestleMania. Uh, just night one did not, to me, it just did not hold a candle to, to night two. I mean, like, it's just the way, just the way the, see the office, Ryan, is like a big cookie. And that's the, <laughs> I just watched for somebody the other day. Yeah, no, so yeah, no, I, I mean, I think, you know, it's, from what you would expect from WrestleMania is what we got from WrestleMania this year. It was, it was, it was the show worth watching. It didn't feel like there was any match that meant less than the next match. So it was, it was an amazing show. And so if you have access to the Peacock and you want a wrestling show to watch, you could do worse than WrestleMania 2021. And, and that's our review. Uh, well, here's the other thing too. When you mentioned Peacock, I didn't even think about that. This was important for them too, because this is their first big pay-per-view on Peacock. And your fast lane was on Peacock too, but I heard, I heard it fucked up a lot. But um, this was their first big pay per view on Peacock. You had new fans, because how many fans? You know, maybe a small percentage, but how many fans that haven't watched WWE in forever that already had Peacock? And they say like WWE, that's on Peacock now. Oh shit, it's WrestleMania. I'll watch that. It's yep. why not? I already paid for it. So it was important for them to put on a good show as well because they might have just brought in new fans. I didn't even think about that. So this mania, to me, I think. We'll go down, and maybe I'm overthinking it, but we'll go down in history as a very, very important mania. Not only because now you have a mania back with new people, but now you have a, probably a whole percentage of new fans that have the chance to watch your product. Yeah, you definitely get you get exposure for people that you might not normally get exposure from when you were running pay-per-views on the WWE Network. Uh, it was just people subscribed. Now you get people looking at Peacock, and based on the way the menu is set up, you've got basically live programming on Peacock. So you see basically like the WWE channel on Peacock and you see WrestleMania live. Oh, let me check this out. That's weird. So I'm right there with you. WrestleMania and all was a, was a great show and, 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 and a great watch for casual or hardcore fans of professional wrestling or WWE for that matter. So that's, that's the WrestleMania review. PJ, I didn't get to let you plug anything in our NXT takeover show. You were in a band. Give uh give the the audience some background on your band and plug where they can find your music and if you have any upcoming shows I know that they're starting to to be more lenient on some of the the restrictions uh, with COVID uh, so 
give us give us some information about your band and, and where we can find your stuff. So uh, yes, I am in a band. I've been in a band for a couple, uh, like three or four years now. Uh, we're called Guardians Warlock, and we play heavy metal and punk, uh, which is why uh, this mania was so important to me because we had Nita Strauss doing guitar. Uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, female guitars from uh, well, guitars. One of my favorite guitars from Alice Cooper's band. Um, you know, we had the I don't know, know her name who does Rhea Ripley's song, but that this fucking metal um, and the, the whole uh, Bray Wyatt and and uh, Alexa Bliss thing, the blood coming out of the mouth, ugh, so fucking metal. So I'm a big heavy metal guy. So I do play in a metal metal band. I've been playing a metal band ever since I could remember. Uh, but our band is called Guardians Warlock, and um, you're based out of Charleston, South Carolina. We are, yeah, we are, yeah, we are based out of Charleston, South Carolina. We've been playing together for three or four years. We've toured together. We've uh, we've got two album. We got one album out and two singles. Um, and we. You can find us on Bandcamp, on our Guardians Warlock on Bandcamp, uh, as well as Spotify, YouTube Music, uh, iTunes, uh, Amazon Music, all that noise. Uh, we have a Facebook page as well, where you can see us cutting promos on other bands in the in the in the current scene because we just talk shit, and um, that's just what's fun. Uh, we do have shows coming up. We have a show May 29th, right here in Charleston at the Tin Roof uh, in uh, Magnolia Drive in uh, West Ashley, Charleston, South Carolina. So we have that, and we also we have a couple more shows up in North Carolina as well as uh, a couple more shows down here. So we are booking a little bit. We're not trying to get out of hand, but we are wanting to go back to play shows because that's what we love to do the most is play shows. So, uh, yeah, but check us out, man. Guardians Warlock, when you guys have the time. We're mostly like early early Motorhead, Maiden, uh, with a slick uh, hit of like uh, my Misfits and like a little bit of like uh, pop punk shit like horror punk and pop punk and stuff like that. So that's what people describe us as, and that's what we describe it as. But all it is, man, we're just four dudes playing music, and, you know, we just come out and have some fun. So Guardians Warlock, and that's Guardians Warlock on Facebook. Yes, it is, yep. All right, go check out Guardians Warlock. Check out some of their music, and if you're in Charleston and you're looking for some some live entertainment, go check them out at the Tin Roof on May 29th. Uh, I mean, if you're a wrestling fan and you're and you're and you're listening to this, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously a wrestling fan. Uh, so we, I mean, we do wrestling shenanigans all the time. We'll take spots or do bumps uh, or you know, well, bumps in the ring, not the kind of bumps that uh, some of us are talking about. But uh, we'll do uh, we'll do promos on other bands, and uh, it's a, it's a blast. But yeah, you will have a good time if you come out and see us, man. So I appreciate that. Right on. Well, PJ, thanks again for being on the show to do the WrestleMania review. Uh, again, we mentioned it briefly in the NXT TakeOver review. Uh, we're going to be re- reviewing uh, most, uh, you know, current pay-per-views as they, as they come out, as well as do some, some nostalgic views of old pay-per-views. So uh, you'll, be, you'll be happy to, to hear PJ Steven come back on the show in future episodes. So once again, PJ, thanks for being on the show today. Of course, yeah. I think the next favorite review that we have is Backlash. And funny enough, we were going to try and cover, uh, I think, Backlash 99 or Backlash 2000 that we were going to try and do. Uh, we're trying to base a, a lot of the throwback pay-per-views on uh, the months and days that they came out. And, of course, like what pay-per-views are going on right now, we want to try to you know have some sort of similarity with that. But I think that's what's in the works. As long as it's on the network, we're going to be able to watch it, and we'll go over it with you guys. And uh, we hope you guys enjoy and if there's anything that the audience wants to hear us uh, review or wants us to go over on the on the show, 
again, excuse me, you can reach out to the show on social media at Tapouts and TDs on Twitter, Tapouts and Touchdowns on Facebook, and Tapouts and Touchdowns at gmail.com is the email address. For wrestling correspondent PJ Steven, it's your guy, Bully Rye. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time right here on Tap House and Touchdowns.